Welcome back to PHM Experience, the podcast. We're so excited that you've tuned in for another week of encouraging and empowering sermons from our very own Bishop Dwayne Albul. This week's sermon is titled, Making the Best Out of It. We know that you are going to be blessed, so we cannot wait for you to hear this sermon. Without further ado, Bishop Dwayne Albul. God told me to tell you he's going to make the best out of it. Amen. I encourage you today that faith, amen, is not just a knowledge. Faith is an action. Amen. It is something that you make a godly effort, amen, to bring forth the will of God in your own personal life. Amen. It's an effort to bring forth the will of God in your personal life. It is an effort. In this season, I tell you, Amen. You might not see how it's going to happen, but God says, I'm going to bless the effort that you make in this season of your life. And you may not know exactly where you're going, exactly what you're doing. It may be, I mean, the, the, the vision, the, the cloudiness of the path. Amen. But God says in your heart, as long as you have the integrity of faith working for you and you make the best effort that you desire to please God and to fulfill God's will for your life, I promise you, that God will bring it to pass. I encourage you to listen to this message on today, making the best out of it. We're going to the book. I have a lot of scriptures. I probably won't get to half of them, but Romans, the eighth chapter, we will begin today's message and lesson today, teaching you how to make the best out of it. Uh, My God, my God, my God, I feel his presence already. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God is changing lives. He's moving even now. It doesn't matter if you feel it or not. You got to know that he's doing it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, a lot of people are numb in this season. A lot of people are are numb. They're numb and not feeling sometimes, not even feeling the spirit of God as they used to because of the disconnect from corporate church and being able to, even being around people has caused a dullness to the sensitivity of the spirit, even in your social skills have been challenged in this season. But I encourage you that God is going to make the best out of this situation. The Bible says, I'll begin today in the 13th verse. We have a lot to read, but we will get to it. Amen. For if, because we have to teach a little bit here too, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So if you can control your passions and your urges and your impulses, you shall live. But if you can't control them, you're going to die. 14 verse 4, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye shall not Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I am a child of God. 17 verse says, you must understand this church. If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him. Come on, listen to the word of God. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so, that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Hmm. For I reckon that the sufferings 
of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be received in us. 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. He's waiting for us to show up, y'all. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Hmm. Not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. We are, for, listen, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Mm-hmm. For what a man seeth, why do he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Just a little bit more reading. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son, and he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hmm. I'll stop there. The scripture here shares with us the importance of our salvation, but yet it also points out, amen, that during this walk of salvation, we must also endure hardness as a good soldier in Zion. This is no cakewalk to be a believer. It is a, an intentional, mm, it's intentional at times to be inflicted. The infliction can sometimes be intentional. Amen. It's not enough that we have normal trials and tribulations, but to truly be, to have this spiritual life that we desire in Christ, we must intentionally deny ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to go through something and the circumstance causes a denial of your comfort or your resources, but it's a whole different level of understanding and revelation when you have access to something, but you yet deny yourself because you don't want it to impede uh, the relationship or the ability uh, or your connection with God. And so sometimes people are sanctified because of circumstance, but the true level of maturity is to sanctify yourself based on choice. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when you don't have no money, you don't have to worry about being lustful in your spending. It's once money comes into your existence, do you now have to now cause yourself, you know, I have the money to buy that. 
but I choose to keep this money because I have greater goals than what I see in front of me. Somebody better get that revelation right there. See, money makes you desire stuff that you see. Vision makes you desire stuff you have never seen before. And you have to have the discipline to be able to keep yourself from chasing after what you see so you can realize what you've never seen. And so many people have acquired things. They are great consumers, amen, but many times we have not fulfilled the thing that we've been able, that we were supposed to create. See, a consumer, amen, amen, purchases what someone else created, but a person with vision understands the sacrifice to be the creator, Lord have mercy. And so if you're not willing to pay the price to create, then you're just going to keep on buying other people's creation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, envy and greenness and, and being envious of someone else's means that you're too lazy to make the sacrifice for your own. Lord have mercy. Because everybody has the same opportunity. Amen. There is no, there is no greater I or you in humanity. It's, it's, it's just those who are willing to pay the price and deny themselves for the greater. So let's go over this again as we're teaching. Consumers, amen, amen, pay for someone else's vision or someone else's creation. But those who have been, the thing that God wants us to do is not that he doesn't ever want us to buy anything, but His the highest level of our existence should be at the level of creating and repeating what God did. He spoke into nothing and the earth became. He spoke, amen, into the air and birds and fowls came. He spoke, amen, and when he began to speak and to create, things started to show up. And so you must understand in this season that it's not as much of what you have, it's really the vocabulary in which you're living. Lord have mercy. Because your vocabulary is dictating your life in your lifestyle and so back on the series of freedom of speech we spin off with this right here and we say make the best of it and so in this season of your life amen you have an opportunity to be a consumer many of you have monies coming in you have access coming in just because you have access in place because you have money doesn't mean you're supposed to purchase or to acquire certain things we still must live by the basis of the scripture and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path and so many times amen it's important that you don't allow the increase of God to now deter the vision of God that's working in your life and sometimes you must understand also that God doesn't want to keep you impeded with resources that keep you on track with vision but he will do it amen if the only time you're on track with vision is by being impeded in your natural resources then so be it but God would rather have your barrels filled with meal in your bank account running over if he could trust you with the resources in the vision at the same time. Is there a witness in the house? God, you can trust me with the vision in the current resources at the same time. Because sometimes you ever realize when you've messed up, I don't know about you, I've done it before. God has provided the seed that I took for granted and made it a harvest. And the seed was to bring forth the vision, but I ate the seed instead of sowing it to make it my future. Lord have 
mercy. And so we pray and say, God, give me another chance. God, give me another opportunity. What are you saying? God, it wasn't that you didn't provide the first time the seed. I just wasn't a good steward of the seed you provided. And so now that I have caused the seed to be shipwrecked, I'm asking you to send me another ship. Lord, have mercy. And so the mercies of God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I am a witness that God will give you another chance. Can we tell the truth? He won't just give you a second chance, but a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. And I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you, I've stopped counting how many chances God has given me to give me give myself an opportunity to be in the vision of his mind instead of the, instead of the present of my lust. Lord, have mercy. So we're here today in this message today, realizing that all things work together for the good, that them that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. And so now my mind has to shift as I look at scenarios and situations. I can't immediately assess. You know, we have to evolve. Come on, let's talk about that word. We have to evolve to a higher understanding of thought. Amen. The elementary or the rudimentary basic foundational thought is good and evil. Uh, this is good for me. This is bad for me. Amen. That is an entry level of thought. We must understand now the Bible is trying to retrain us that all things work together for the good. Lord have mercy. It's not an evil or bad at the level of your existence if you truly understand that everything that goes on in your life is caused to bring you into your expected end. And so it's not a good or an evil. When I fell, it hurt, but it taught me something, amen, to make better decisions next time. When I wasted money and I found myself in a hardship, it was painful, but it caused my brain to retrain. When I was young and, and crazy, I didn't understand what pain was or what recklessness was. It just took a couple times falling on the bike that made me respect the road and respect, amen, the ability of the bike. Don't you understand? It wasn't bad that I fell because there was some education that was evolved through the experience. I, I, we have to understand that some of you are scared to get into new relationships eh, because of what you went through in the past ones prior. You say, I ain't never going to allow no man, I'm never going to allow no woman to ever deal with me like this before. Instead of you setting boundaries and fortress walls that are going to keep out anybody from loving you in the future, why don't you take copious notes and realize that not only did they do something wrong, but maybe you can assess what you did in the relationship and say, you know what, I can't control what they did, but this next time I'm going to control what I do. I saw the signs before it even started, but I just wanted what I wanted. If I could have been more disciplined in my selection process and didn't ignore what I was seeing and what they were saying they never said they were going to be faithful they always said they were just going to have some fun they just wanted to see where it was going to go these were flags in the relationship that I just said oh I'll convince them oh I'll make them love me oh I'll get them to, to convert no 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 you lied to yourself and then this time around instead of building these walls and keeping yourself out of relationship totally maybe open up your heart again and make sure you hear what you hear and have some standards to 
to go by this time. Uh-oh. Let me get back over here. Okay, so you must understand, is it good or is it evil? Is the thing good or is it evil? Is it good or is it evil? I want us to take us to a place in our mindset where all things work together for the good. Hmm. It's just good. We live for Christ. It's just good. We live for the Lord. It's just good. Amen. Even though evil will come, amen, even out of the attack of the enemy, good will come out of it. Either I'll get deeper in God, I'll get stronger, my faith will be proven out of the attack, even if there's loss, it's opportunity for double for my trouble, come on somebody, it's how you see the situation and how you do it, because you can torment yourself if you don't think about what you've been through properly Mm -hmm. see fear feeds on wrong thinking Lord have mercy, fear feeds on the wrong perspective of how the event came out. You sitting here upset that you lost some stuff not realizing that you survived stuff that other people didn't survive. There should be a praise coming out of your mouth instead of some kind of frustration and complaining because other folks that didn't go through half of what you went through, amen, are not here any longer. So you should be counting it all joy. Lord have mercy. Instead of running around here with your head down feeling depressed and sorry for yourself. Lord I'm not trying to come for you but I'm coming anyhow. God told me to tell you it's all good. It's all good. We got some single mothers out there. Well, we, you had a full ride scholarship. Yes, you did. You were supposed to go to college, but he came. And the girl came. The son came. The daughter came. Interrupted your life, your path that you thought was best for you. And now you're running around here, amen, sad. And if you're not careful, you could be complaining and even looking down at the seed you produced, which was a miracle by itself. If you look at it in the right realm, Lord have mercy. That person that child didn't hold you back from your future the truth of the matter is you grew up through that pregnancy you grew up through that situation you grew up and became more responsible my, 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 my. Uh, it's all working for your good. God says, I want you to understand, there are some things that are going on in your life, and instead of you taking the negative ideal about what you're going through, I need you to see the good, even when it hurts you. I need you to see the good, even when it causes you pain. I need you to see the good, even when it causes you to cry. The Bible teaches me, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning what transition happened in midnight that would bring joy what changed the stores ain't open the banks ain't open the for nobody called me in the middle of the night what changed who knocked on my door three o'clock in the morning to give me joy in the morning nobody outside but there was something that transitioned in my soul that as I cried through it it brought me to an understanding that it was good that I was afflicted Lord have mercy Joseph taught us that even though all that he went through he went through being Lord Hammers, I feel my preacher Joseph went through he went through being ostracized and defiled by his own brothers thrown into slavery by his own kin completely rejected but it was for his good then he becomes a slave he loses his coat of many colors he was a good boy but he was going through a bad situation ah it was good though it was good Good for him in his seed that he went through this. I need you to tap your neighbor and say it was good that I be afflicted. Woo! 
didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. See, I didn't understand it at the time. Oh, I'm a little older now. And there's some things I go back over in my mind when I feel like I feel my preacher making it. There's some things that I go over that I used to complain to God about. I say, God, why didn't you let this happen? I'm going to get back to Joseph. Just, just park that right here. But let me testify for a moment. I go, I go back in my thought life and I said, Lord, why'd you do this to me? I was doing fine. Why'd you let this person hurt me? Why'd you let this person steal from me? Why'd you let this person betray me? God told me to tell. He couldn't tell me right then. See, when God wants to teach you a lesson, he has to wait till your mind gets to a certain level to release the answer of the lesson he was trying to teach you. It took me years later of evolution of my mind for him to teach me why he allowed the enemy to touch me. God wants to teach you why he allowed the enemy to touch you before there was something good in the touch. Oh my God. Tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, there was something good in the touch of my enemy. Without the touch of my enemy, I wouldn't be as strong as I am. Without the touch of my enemy, I wouldn't be prayerful like I am. Without the touch of my enemy, I wouldn't be as disciplined as I am. I thank God for the touch of my enemy. God for the touch of my enemy. I feel like preaching in here because somebody's feeling sorry for yourself when God says if you would just evolve in your thinking and stop being the victim and realize I'm positioning you for victory. Oh my God. I said, God, why did you let him do it? Because God said, he told me years later, he says, some people, I got to pause right here. Some people you brought into the mix that I did not ordain. There's some people that you invited on your path that was not part of your future. So I had to let them hurt you now so you could be free of them later. It was a small price to get rid of them. It was a small price to keep your victory. It was a small... stole your money. No, no, I let them have that small consolation prize that I could keep you on track for who I called you to be. I got rid of what you couldn't get rid of. I cut off what you couldn't cut off yourself. You weren't strong enough to cut them off. So I had to help you with a trial. I cut them off with a disappointment so your future could be intact. It's more important for your future. I'll hurt you now so I can celebrate you later. Thus saith the Lord. I'll say it again. I'll cut you now so I can promote you later because I love you just that much. Y'all ain't ready for this word today. Y'all ain't ready for this revelation. Okay, I gotta calm down. Show you, show you in my back, you in my back. Yeah! Joseph, Joseph, you can imagine the mindset of Joseph as he is sitting in a pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all kinds of bugs and slithering things. Just being in the dark alone is terrifying. We can't stand to be in a dark room in our own house sometimes. 
we buy night lights and leave doors cracked and open a blind just so we can see some light in our own house while the door's locked and the alarm's on. So imagine Joseph being out in the wilderness down in the pit and nobody, he's hollering, is anybody up there? And all he hears is a wolf. All he hears is a lion. All he hears is something that could take his life. But the next morning, he survived the night. God told me to tell you that some of y'all are going through some stuff and your greatest miracle might be just surviving the night in the pit. Oh my God. God said, don't die in the pit. I need you to tap seven people and say, don't die in the pit. I know it ain't fair, but don't die in the pit. I know you didn't do anything to get yourself there, but don't die in the pit. It's not fair. What did you do wrong? Stop beating yourself up and get yourself some CPR. That's right. Give yourself some CPR. There ain't nobody there to breathe in your mouth. You gotta be like David. And you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Come on, self-CPR. Here we go. You ready? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That spiritual CPR. Joseph, Joseph. Can I preach a little longer? Joseph. Joseph, Joseph, can, we can relate to Joseph. Uh, just, just when I got used to the pit, just when I got used to the pit, now God allows me to go into slavery. Oh my God, it went from bad to worse, but did it. Actually, the next step got me closer to what he wanted me to be. You got to stop looking at the next step being worse than the last step. The next thing that you're going through is bringing you closer to where God wants you to be. You got to assess it properly. You've been looking at it the wrong way. The slave traders were actually your friend. Lord have mercy. If you talk to Jesus and you ask him in an interview, who was the most instrumental disciple? Who was the most instrumental disciple out of the 12 that you picked? Uh, the, the interviewer would say, was John beloved? And Jesus would say no. Then Jesus, then the interviewer would say, was it Peter? Because he had zeal. He was ready to die for you. And Jesus said, no. Was it Matthew, Mark, or John? And he would say no. I said, who's left? I'm going to tell you who it was. The most influential apostle and disciple of my future and of the purpose of my life was Judas. The interviewer stepped back and said, Judas was the one who betrayed you. Jesus said exactly I needed somebody to cross me so I could get up on that cross. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I needed somebody to cross me so I can fulfill my future. I needed somebody to cross me so I could fulfill the word of God. I needed somebody to cross the most influential disciple in the group and the interviewer said I would have never thought that and God told me to tell you today God's going to use some people you never thought 
to help you get to your next level because he's intentionally going to allow the people you depended on to disappoint you at the time that you need to get on that cross because some people love you too much to allow you to get on that cross Lord have mercy and so even Peter said when he, Jesus told him that he had to go to Jerusalem and die for the sake of the, of, the, of the mankind Peter rebuked him and said Lord you don't have to go because Peter was speaking out of his need not out of the purpose of Christ you got to be careful when you got people that love you because you fulfill a need in their life because they're not going to allow you to go to the next level if they're not included in the next step of your experience. Lord have mercy. What you going to move there for? Ain't nothing there. What you going to take that job for? They ain't paying no money. Why are you going to do this? Hey, they don't love you because they're thinking about themselves. I'm preaching real good today. My time is out. I got to bring this up next week. But Joseph, listen to this as I leave you today. I'm going to leave you hanging today. Joseph's deliverance, if you have the right mindset, was the slave traders. Because think about it. The brothers were plotting to kill him. They said, we're going to kill him. And we're going to take his coat of many colors, put some ghost blood on it, take it back to dad. And that's what they did and said that he's dead. It was just one brother that was kind of interceding for him. And they saw an opportunity. He saw an opportunity. He didn't create the opportunity. The slave trader who just happened to be coming while they were contemplating his demise. And one of the brothers said, you know what? Let us sell him because they're going far away and we'll never see him again. And the other 11 brothers said, you know what? Okay, we'll do that. But they had their daggers pulled. Don't you understand that there's been scenarios and situations when the enemy had you dead to rights, but God created an opportunity and made a way of escape for you. And we have the audacity to say that the slave traders was worse than the pit when it's the slave traders that actually saved me from the demise of my own brothers. Ooh. If you see it right, it won't torment you. I always wonder how could Joseph keep his mental faculties about him as he has shifted without notice into a, a posture in a lifestyle of pleasure and tranquility and love into this very tumultuous, argumentative, abusive relationship. His first day as a slave, he's getting whipped. He's getting beat, kicked down, spit upon, cussed, something that's never happened before in his life. But yet it was good for him. It was good for him to be afflicted. He says at the end of the road that it was good that I was afflicted. What kind of metamorphosis of mindset did Joseph go through to be able to see all good in a scenario that we would have said God forsook us? That we would have said God left us high and dry. That we would have said it wasn't fair. That we would have allowed a wall, a heart of bitterness to build against those brothers. That revenge and envy would have built in our fester, in our soul. Because we could not relate that their actions, even though they were evil, ultimately were created to be good. Oh, 
challenge you in this COVID-19. I challenge you in this unusual moment of your life to rethink, to re-evolve, to, to escalate your thinking from bad and good, from good to evil to all good. I need you to begin to declare that. Make that your anthem. It's all good. Begin to lift your hand above your head and say, it's all good. Even when I don't understand why, God, you allow certain people, things, and situations to happen to me personally, it's still all good. Why wasn't my father there? It's all good. Why, why didn't my mother embrace me? What's wrong with me? Why, why, why did they let them, why, why did you let them walk away from me? It's all good. Possibly you would be strung out right now, too, if they would have kept you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Possibly you would have been abused like your other siblings that they kept. But God snatched you out. It's all, it's all good. God's had to make some decisions for our lives that fulfill his word that supersede our own personal opinion. Because the truth of the matter is I've been alive long enough. I've lived long enough to realize that the things I wanted at one time in my life, when I look back, I thank God that he didn't give them to me. Huh? The people that I wanted to be with that time back in my life, I thank God he didn't allow it to happen. I didn't see it then. I was hurt then. I was angry then. But now that I look back, and I don't know about you, but you ever seen that high school crush that you just thought was the best thing in the world? And you see him 20 years later, like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, you know all things, all things. But when they broke your heart, you was mad. You was upset. But God says, I'll cut you to save you because I love you that much. Making the best out of it. I got a lot of more scriptures here, but, you know, the Holy Spirit is here. And we got, I think that's enough. I got your hearts open right now. I need you to understand we got to renew our minds in this season. Stop seeing bad and good so much. Understand that all things work together for the good. To them that love the Lord, that are what called according to his purpose. Somebody say it's all good. It's all good. Say it one more time. It's all good. You may not understand it, but you are who you are. Not because of all of the good decisions that you made are bad. You are who you are. I am who I am. But by the grace of God, I am that I am. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to mature past this elementary good and evil thinking. And I want you to understand that there is a place in God where it's all good.